Dunedin's Centre for Neuroendocrinology turns 20 this year. It's hosting a three-day symposium to celebrate all things neuroendocrinology. Don't worry. I'm about to tell you what that is. It's the science of how the brain controls hormone levels in our blood and how those hormones then influence brain function. Uh, But I've got someone who can explain it even better than me, and that's CNE Director Professor Rebecca Campbell. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Jesse. Lovely to speak with you. And to you. Congratulations on 20 years, and I suspect the, um, the field has changed quite a bit even in that time. Yes, yeah, it has. And I've been really fortunate to be part of the center for the last 20 years uh, that it's been growing. So, yeah, it's a wonderful milestone. What do you do at the center? So I'm currently the director. I'm also a professor in the Department of Physiology. Um, So I lead um, our research group and I do all the other things that I um, do as an academic teaching and and service here at the University of Otago. Yeah, you've got 11 research groups that make up the centre and what are they each studying or give us a, a bit of a sense of what they're studying? Yeah, so we cover a wide range of neuroendocrine issues. Um, probably our strengths lie in research focused on understanding uh, reproduction and fertility, um, metabolism and energy balance. Uh, We have people working on the neuroendocrinology of stress and also um, how hormones in kind of the maternal state impact uh, parental behaviors. Uh, We also have people that are working on um, different circuits in the brain that control hormones that are involved in cardiovascular function. So um, all different kinds of systems in the body. How do hormones work? What are hormones and how do they work in the body? Yeah, great question. So a hormone is essentially defined as any signal in the body that is produced in one place and then travels through the body, generally through the blood, to have its effect in another location. So some examples of hormones are Um, Things like the gonadal hormones that we think of like estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. Uh, But it also involves things like adrenaline, which you can think about, you know, if you have an adrenaline rush. So those are all examples of hormones. And and can you tell us a bit more about how they work? It sounds like some of them are quite uh, cyclical. There's a bit of toing and froing between the blood and the brain. Yeah, there is a lot of toing and froing. So the brain both controls the release of hormones, both within the brain and also within the rest of the body. Uh, but it also is important in receiving signals from hormones that are coming uh, from all different types of organ systems within the body. So um, it kind of is a two-way communication between the brain and other organ systems in the body. There's lots of kind of feedback um, between hormones and, um, and the brain. It sounds like a pretty elaborate sort of messaging service. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And how much do we know about hormones and how much is there still to find out? Oh, we are, we are making huge discoveries all of the time, um, but there is still a huge amount of, of work to be done. So we are really kind of a fundamental discovery-based group trying to understand some of the mechanisms involved. So trying to understand the different players in the brain. So the different neurons and cell types uh, that are controlling hormone release and also responding to hormone release um, to gain new knowledge about um, how things are actually working. And then that helps us to get an idea of 
um, defining therapeutic targets. So if things aren't working correctly, how can we actually go in and, and make a difference therapeutically? Has much changed over the 20 years since you've been at the centre? Yeah, a huge number of things have changed over the last couple of decades. Um, a lot of it has to do with the technology that we have, uh, that we've developed here and also borrowed from other places in the world to be able to kind of look at what's happening in the brain and how the brain is responding to hormones. And some of that has led to some really fundamental shifts in how we think about uh, some of the different neuroendocrine systems that we're, that we're studying. Tell me about the blood-brain barrier and our evolving understanding of how that works. Yeah, so we know that um, many signals in the body are, are too big, essentially, to uh, pass into the brain easily. They either need some kind of a, um, something that they bind to that, that carries them into the brain, um, or they need to signal in certain areas of the brain that we consider leaky. So they have a leaky blood-brain barrier uh, that allows the passage of some of these signals into specific areas of the brain. And so that is um, understanding that um, barrier is helping us to understand what can signal from other organ systems in the body to the brain. Um, it helps us understand, you know, with therapeutics, what can we actually um, deliver to the brain in an easy way or things that we want to actually keep out of the brain. How can we design those so that they don't cross that blood-brain barrier. Um, it's a really important function to control our brain, uh, sorry, to protect our brains uh, from a lot of the different things that are circulating around our bodies. You haven't mentioned the gut yet, and I've done a number mm. of interviews over the last few years talking about the production of hormones in the gut. How, yeah. how interesting or how important is that area of the body to the work you're doing? Yeah, so the gut-brain access is, is really key for a lot of different things. And I think uh, that field is really in a growth phase. Um, I'm particularly interested in polycystic ovary syndrome and um, the role of the brain in, in that really common female neuroendocrine disorder. Um, and we're learning a lot about how um, the microbiome, um, so signals that are coming from the gut, um, can then signal back at the level of the brain to control a lot of the systems that regulate what's happening at the ovary and in other reproductive organ systems. Um, so we have a, a few of our research leaders um, looking at that, um, but I, I wouldn't say right now it's, it's an area of research strength for our center in particular, but definitely a place where we might be going. That'd be interesting for a lot of uh, people. That it's a pretty common uh, complaint. PCOS. Um, mm. Any any promising results? Um, I mean, being a fundamental discovery based group, we try to not um, kind of oversell a lot of our discoveries, which are often mechanism based. Um, but I w what I would say is that um, we have more than ever a real appreciation for. Uh, what is actually happening in the brain that can establish PCOS and getting an idea of what some of the central targets might be for future therapies that, that target some of the symptoms of PCOS. We have some um, discoveries that suggest that PCOS might develop from quite early on, um, so exposures to different um, hormone environments can actually shape the the brain and specific um, ways in which the brain communicates um, that then can establish PCOS 
to come on board in those kind of early pubertal years. Um, so those types of discoveries are, are helping us to understand how PCOS comes about because we really um, don't understand that fully. And also is giving us an idea of some of the potential ways in which we can develop therapies. You've got a symposium this week to mark your 20 years as a centre. What are you yeah. looking forward to? Uh, we're so excited about this. So we've, um, we've invited um, all of our former trainees and, men- and um, members. And we've invited a lot of our former um, um, research guests that we've had over the years. And um, we have about 100 people that are coming to take part in a, a three-day symposium. So people are going to be sharing about um, the latest research discoveries. Uh, we have a lot of our, our former trainees who are now leading their own uh, labs in other parts of the world that are going to come back and talk to us. It's going to be an amazing reunion, and I think it's also going to be an amazing um, scientific symposium, um, a real hub of, of neuroendocrine research. So, yeah, we're, we're really thrilled about it. Uh, Great to have this work being done here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Nice to talk to you today and enjoy your week of celebration. Thank you so much. Lovely speaking with you, Jesse. CNE Director, uh, Centre for Neuroendocrinology, uh, Director Professor Rebecca Campbell.